welcome to Hope on, on this Easter Sunday. Um, what an amazing day to have the privilege of sitting here and talking to you. Um, the day where we celebrate across the globe the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, Christians from every denomination, every flavour will celebrate today that Jesus who went to the cross on Good Friday, who died an, an awful death um, for all of humanity but also for us as individuals who went to the grave, who was buried in a tomb, but he rose again on the third day. And today we celebrate that resurrection. And that resurrection is, is a keystone in our whole belief system. Without that resurrection, everything else that we believe just doesn't matter. It doesn't count. Um, without the resurrection, Good Friday is just a story of a man who had a horrific death. We look at it from, from where we are now, 2,000 years later, and we look back and go, we know that Good Friday and Easter Sunday were connected, that the death of Jesus and, and the, the blood that he, that he spent, or the blood that was spilled and, and, and the body that was broken paid a price for our healing, paid a price for our sin, paid a price so that we wouldn't have to die. But all of that is actually wrapped up and comes to fruition in the resurrection. Because because of the resurrection, Jesus is able to say, I will give you eternal life because I have eternal life to give. I am, I have gone to the cross for you, willingly gone to the cross for you. I have died this death for you, but I lay my life down because I will take it back up again. And he rose again in a resurrected body, which was different to the physical body he had before the crucifixion. And that is the promise that is there for each and every one of us. But that, that resurrection is a keystone. Without the resurrection, what, what we believe in doesn't have any power. Um, and, and it's so key that if you were to debunk the resurrection, you may throw the rest of Christianity in, in the bin with it because it's just, it just doesn't matter. There's some good principles in it. There's some nice things. Jesus would have been a good teacher who walked the planet, but the resurrection is the proof of his divinity, is the proof that he is God in the flesh. It is the proof that there is a future and a hope for each and every one of us. Um, and there was a man, and, and it's, it's important enough that there was a man called Lee Strobel who wrote a book called The Case for Christ. And that came about because his wife became a Christian. He was an investigative reporter with a, with a paper in the States, the Chicago Tribune. He was, he was an award-winning reporter, a really good one. And he didn't like the fact that his wife became a Christian. And in conversations with other people, he realized if he could disprove the resurrection, he would get his wife back out of this Christianity. And in his investigation, he proved the resurrection happened. And he eventually ended up giving his life to, to Christ himself. And now goes around teaching and preaching on the subject of the resurrection, on the subject of the case for Christ, the case for faith. He has wrote several books. There was a movie made about it. Um, which you'd probably be able to get online. And I would encourage you to read the book, to watch the movie. But the resurrection is the keystone within the whole story of God and creation. The resurrection is the pinnacle moment in time that turn things around. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And everything he created, he stepped back and he said, that is God." But then we had to fall and Adam and Eve sinned and went against what God wanted. And God said, the land will now be under a course. You will now be under a course. You will bear children in, in, la in labour and pain. 
Adam, you will work the ground and it will give you tarns and thistles and, and, and you will do it with the sweat of your brow. It won't just be a joy anymore, it will be a job. Um, <coughs> the land itself lost the blessing of God. And earth and creation has been groaning. Their existence has been groaning, crying out for the day when Jesus is going to come back. And after the resurrection, Jesus promised, I go now to be with the Father, but I will come back. And when I come back, things are going to be exceptionally different. But in the meantime, there are several promises in Scripture that you living on this planet can live in. Like, there's loads of difference. Like, you'll never be alone. I will never leave you or forsake you. And you do not worry. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to be a slave to sin. Galatians promises that we don't have to be a slave to sin. Um, we can have eternal life. We can know that we are loved by God. We can know that God has a plan for our life. We can know that God will bring his plan to fruition. We will know that God can turn all things for good. If we love him and we call according to his purpose and we obey him. We have all these different promises happening in scripture that we can enter into and live in and we can enjoy and we can have the benefit of and we can do all of this stuff because of the price Jesus paid and because of the power that the resurrection give us. But I wanted today try and bring us beyond what we can have in this world because of the resurrection. And God, there is a whole future beyond our life here, beyond this planet, beyond coronavirus and beyond the lockdown and beyond isolation and social distancing and testing and and, and money and finances and jobs and houses and marriages and kids and lives. There is something beyond all of this. In the beginning, God said that he created the heavens and the earth. And in the end, in the book of Revelation, God says he will create a new heaven and a new earth. And that will be the place where we will live in the benefits of the price Jesus paid on the cross and the power of the resurrection. And I just want to read that scripture for you. And it's in the book of Revelation, chapter 21. And I'm just going to read the first couple of verses. And it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eye and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things have passed away. And he said, He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write these words down, for these words are trusty and true. God is going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And in that new heaven and that new earth, God is going to actually come and live with his people. Scripture goes on to say that in the new Jerusalem, there will be no sun in the day or moon at night. There will be no electric lights or anything like that. Because God himself, his very presence in that place, will be all the light that people need. And it will be, this, this city is going to be enormous. It's like 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles. It's, it's huge. Um, but the thing about it is the beauty of it is staggering. Absolutely staggering. But in the message version of that, it says, God will move into the neighborhood and will live with people. And, and what he's saying, see, we, we have the blessing of the Holy Spirit now. 
He will come to live inside of us. Where two or three people are gathered together, there the presence of the Lord is with them. We can experience the presence of God. But it's it's fleeting. It's not always all the time. We can know the peace of God. We can live in that peace. Sometimes we get knocked out of worries or fears or things like that. But we can live in that peace. But that's different to actually living in the presence. It's a little bit like now. We we have kids. We have two grandchildren, Eli and Isabella, and our son, Kieran and daughter-in-law, Lucy. Um, we can see them on a screen. But it's, it's distance. We can see pictures of them or we can do this FaceTime or we can do whatever. But it's not the same as actually be going to go up and pick them up and hug them or roll around the ground and wrestle with them or whatever. There's a difference in the, in the tangibility of how we can be connected to them, to the way we can be connected to them now. And, and this with God is going to be very different. That's amazing. Like I lived for 30 years of my life without Christ in it. And I look now and I think, how did I even manage? I don't know how I survived those 30 years without having Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And my life now is, is filled with the peace of God and the joy of God and all of that stuff. And I'm blessed and I know I'm blessed. But it is nothing in comparison to what it's going to be like when I am face to face with the living God. When I'm in this new Jerusalem, when I'm in this new heaven, this new earth. When God is living with us and I'm living with him face to face. No barriers no nothing, no flesh, no no sin, no falling short, no worries, no nothing's going to separate me from him in intangible ways. And he says he will wipe away every tear. There will be no more mourning. There will be no more crying. There will be no more pain. This is like the promise of the perfect world which God created in the first place and which was what we were supposed to live in all the time. So God's bookend, he says in his own words, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. That's the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega, the two letters in the Greek alphabet. Um, the A to Z. God is the beginning. He, in the beginning, he created. In the end, he will recreate. In the end, we have a promise that goes beyond this life. And the resurrection of Christ is the promise that our promise is going to come to pass. I just want to read a little tiny bit from the last couple of lines of chapter 22, which is the end of the book of the Revelation. In verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. 17 says the spirit and the bride say, come and let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. And it goes on to the very end, and it says in verse 20, He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And it finishes with a blessing that says, The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. And verse 12 it says, Behold, I am coming soon, and my reward is with me. Jesus is coming soon. I don't know when. I don't know if it'll be this week, tomorrow, today, next month. I don't know if I get to eat an Easter egg. He might come before I get it. But he's coming. But he's coming to bring us into that promise. We have this amazing opportunity 
to live in eternity with God Almighty. The same God who created the heavens and the earth. The same God who made all the stars, who made this world as beautiful as it is, who made you as beautiful as you are, who made me in his image. We are the pinnacle of his creation and we have an eternal promise. And I want to encourage you as you live through these days especially, this is probably the most unusual Easter any of us will ever have spent. And I pray and hope it's the last one we'll ever spend like this. I would so much rather be in a room now with all of you, face to face, having a cup of tea, having a cake and having a laugh. But because of the situation we're in and we have to do this by distance, this is a very unusual Easter. But you know what? Easter is the promise that doesn't have to be like this. No matter what's happening on this planet, our home is in heaven. We are citizens of a heavenly kingdom. We are here for a short time. We will pass through this world and we will go on to our eternal home. The key, the entrance ticket into that eternal home is what Jesus bought on the cross for us. The salvation of Christ on the cross bought that ticket. And if you don't know that salvation, if you don't have that ticket, I want to invite you today. Ask Jesus for it. He says he would freely give it to anyone who asks. He paid a price on the cross so that you can have that. He resurrected on the Sunday so that you can be sure of it. That he was who he said he was. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life, whoever comes to me. We'll be okay. So I want to encourage you today, if you don't know Jesus, please consider inviting him into your life. Ask him. Ask him to reveal himself to you. Say your simple prayers. Just say, Jesus, here I am. This is me. Take me. Come into my life. If you already know Jesus, I want to encourage you, please live in the knowledge that the promises we have and the life that we are promised is way beyond anything that's going to happen in this world. So let us live holding on to that hope. And while we're here, we have all of the promises of Scripture. We don't have to be upset. We don't have to be worried. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to live in all of those things. We can live in the assurance and in the joy and in the hope and the knowledge that God is our Savior, that He is with us, that He is on our side, and He will never leave us and never forsake us. And I just want to say, I really hope you have an amazing Easter. I hope that this year just becomes one of the best years you've ever had. And that you will look back on Corona 2020, not as a time of pain or suffering, but as a time of blessing. A time of when God really came and really spoke into your heart and helped you to become all that you were destined to be. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity to speak your words. I pray, Lord, that you would drill them down deep into our lives. And if they're, if they're what you want people to hear, I pray that they would just stick like superglue and that they will make the difference that you want them to make. I pray if they were just stuff I was waffling on with, that, Lord, it would just be forgotten. I ask that you would bless every person looking or listening to this message. I pray that you would meet with them 
that you would meet every need in their life, that you would strengthen and encourage them, and that you would place a seed of hope inside of their hearts that can never be extinguished by the things of this world. And I ask, Lord, until we get the chance to meet again, that you would make your face shine on people, that you would let your rest and your peace sit in their hearts and in their minds, that you would watch over them and that you would bless them. And I ask you in the name.